Today we're going to talk about arrows, arrows in the hands of a warrior. Now the Bible here is talking about children. It's talking about our kiddos, our little ones. And for some of you, you don't necessarily have little ones anymore. But it's still something we need to look at and pay attention to as we, as a church, look to God on how to raise our children. One of the things that we saw this week uh, at camp, this last week at camp, uh, is just the the differences uh, from generation to generation, just certain things that have changed, the dependence or lack of independence uh, in a lot of ways with a lot of our little ones. Um, I know a lot of you in here, by the time you were just a little little one, you had already started working. I think about Brother Howard. At nine years old, he lost his father. And at nine years old, he had to become a man. Um, and I think that was a huge, you know, it was a blow to him, but it was also something that, that taught him how to be a man at a very young age. And watching his life for these last almost 18 years have been a blessing to me. Now, when you talk to Brother Howard, you are now 93, 93 years old, and this is what he says every Sunday. I'm getting sorrier and sorrier every day. Now, what he means by that is he doesn't get around as much as he once did. However, I will tell you that that man's mind is still just as sharp as it was when I met him back in 2003. And there's a lot to glean, a lot to learn from and, and pay attention to when, you, when he speaks, when you listen to him, because he is a very wise man who loves the Lord. He knows what it is to walk through tragedy. You lose a child, um, yes, in their 30s, but that doesn't matter. It's still your child, and then you turn around and you lose your wife. Both battles to cancer at a young age, plus you've already lost your father at the age of nine. There's a lot that your life has been affected by. But one thing that grew was his faith. You say, well, why are we talking about those things? Because folks, what you pass to your children is how you act, not what you say. You can speak all day long, but it is how you act that actually teaches your children. Think about that for a moment. Think about that for a moment. You look at your kids and tell me, do they act more like you or more as to what you told them to do? They act a whole lot more like you. It's just the way it works. So I want us this morning to look, and let's look at Psalm 127. Let's stand together as we read from the Word of God. Psalm 127, beginning with verse 1. Now, parents, listen to this very first verse. It says, unless the Lord builds the house or a house, they who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord guards a city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is futile for you to rise up early, to stay up late, to eat the bread of painful labor. This is how he gives to his his beloved sleep. Behold, children are a gift of the Lord, the fruit of the womb. And I love this part. Listen to what it says again. The fruit of the womb is a reward. How many of you have ever been standing in a line at a grocery store and a parent acts like the kid's more of a curse than a blessing? You know whose fault that is, right? Don't blame the kid when they're little. Don't get me wrong. There's some kids that, that are born and they have some, they have some issues. They have some 
physical or mental things that are going on, but ultimately most children that act kind of crazy, you look at the parents. Like arrows in the hand of a warrior, so are the children of one's youth. Notice he says of one's youth. And there's a reason for that, and we'll discover that in a moment. Blessed is the man whose quiver is full of them. They will not be ashamed when they speak with their enemies in the gate. Father, we ask this morning that you would give us wisdom into your word. Father, that as we look at what you are saying to us today, that we will have a greater understanding of how to send out godly warriors. We pray this in Jesus' precious name. Amen. So, I will tell you that this is something that, that as, as I watch children grow up, as I see a lot of other children, I, I recognize the, uh, just kind of a shift in how we are raising our, our kiddos. It amazes me when we are surprised that a lot of our children don't get the message that it's time to go. Yet the Bible's very clear as to what our children are supposed to do. They're supposed to be used as arrows. And what do you do with an arrow? You send it out. It, it leaves. It, it has to leave the bow. And, and it's aimed in a particular direction. And who's aiming that bow? Well, the parent is. The parent is aiming the bow. And, and if you want your child to go out with anger and sarcasm and cynicism, then you, you be that. And that's exactly how your child will be raised. If, if you... Uh, only know how to fight with your spouse, your children will come back one day and say, I don't understand what's wrong with my spouse. Well, guess where they learned that at? They learned it from watching their parents go through intense moments of fellowship between themselves. But a child is always watching, always paying attention. And what that child is seeing, especially in their young age, which is why the Bible speaks of in the parents' young age, when those children are still very, very vulnerable to their life situation to whatever's around them okay they're listening they're paying attention and they're learning from what their parents do how they react how they respond and how they act they're looking to see what are my parents doing if one parent is a reactive parent y'all know what kind of parent i'm talking about the reactive parent when something goes wrong they lash out they react they don't respond they don't think it through just the first thing that comes to their mouth is what comes out that is the reactive parent then you might have the responsive parent, the one who kind of soaks it all in, lets it go, and then they give their words of wisdom. Those are the things that a child is looking at. Those are the things that a child will learn from their parents. Do I react in life or respond in life? Listen, you don't want to teach your children just to react. You want to teach them to respond, to think things through. So the Bible is very clear that when it comes to your home, the first thing that a child should recognize is that God is building your home. God is building your house. Do your children see God in the home? Do they recognize that the things that you do in your home are because God is in your home? The things that you watch, the things that you listen to, the things that you have hanging on your wall. By the way, just because you have a cross hanging on your wall does not mean that your child is going to grow up to love the Lord. I've been to a lot of homes that had a cross upon the wall, and I'm there because one of their kids did something terrible, or because their parents have now split, or because something's going on. Crosses are just a symbol if what that symbol recognizes is not really what is building the house. 
So the Lord must be the one that builds the house because if you don't have this, you labor in vain. You can tell that child all day long, I'm going to take you to Sunday school, I'm going to take you to church. But if you go home and they see nothing but the world, you've done all of this in vain. You must match what you say you believe in church at home. You must match it at home. If you say that we love the Lord, then your house should love the Lord. If you say that we desire peace, then your house should be a place of peace. If you say you don't want to be talked about, then your house should be silent with gossip. Trust me, your children are listening. Your children are listening. Unless the Lord builds a house, they who build it labor in vain. Unless the Lord guards the city, the watchman stays awake in vain. It is futile to rise up early, to stay up late, to eat the bread of painful labor. This is how he gives uh, to his beloved sleep. A lot of people work hard. They want to give their family the best according to the world, but yet they have no biblical training in the home. You've basically wasted a life if all you have is material things to give your child. My great-grandmother, Granny, Granny Coleman. Granny Coleman was one who gave wisdom to her children and grandchildren. I was blessed to be a great-grandchild of hers, and I am so thankful that I got to know her. Uh, Again, most of you know, you've heard the story. She lived to be 99 years old, just a few months shy of being 100. But this lady had her mind. She had all of those things, and she believed that her children were to love God above all things. And how did she teach them that? By her loving God above all things. She wanted her grandchildren to love God above all things. So What did she do with her grandchildren? She sat them down and she taught them the Bible. Her great-grandchildren, she challenged us in our faith. She was the one who challenged my wife and I. When we had just gotten married, we we knelt down before her. And she made sure that it was amazing because you count all the family that was there, probably close to 300 people, and she knew everyone by name. But she made sure that everyone knew to love God above all things. She allowed God to build her house. Even when her husband passed away, she did not let that deter her. She continued. She continued to love God. She trusted God. So I want us to look this morning about these arrows and what it looks like. First of all, arrows are straight. This is a handmade arrow. This is one made out of wood. Um, It's a beautiful piece of, of art, but it's also a tool if used properly. But an arrow is straight. That's something that you have to do. You have to make the arrow straight. And, and, and you have to do that by making sure that every little piece that's not perfect is, is cut away. It, and it's put in and it's just turned until it's perfect. Taking away all of the abrasions, all of the things that would cause the arrow to not fly straight. So the arrow itself is perfectly straight. How then do we cause our children to be straight? How are they made straight? Well, Proverbs chapter 22, verse 6 tells us, and this is a a verse that's probably frowned upon by a lot of people uh, because they say people have used it as an excuse to beat their kids. Nowhere in Scripture does this say that you should beat your child, by the way. All right? We're going to get to all this in a moment. All right? Train up a child in the way he should go. Even when he grows older, he will not abandon it. But what does that got to do with beating your child? What I mean by that is you're taking that child and you're beating within them the Word of God. You are... putting God's word upon them. You're forcing God upon them. I'm going to tell you something. You either force God upon your child or you force Satan upon your child. You're indoctrinating your kid. 
You may not like that word, but it's the reality. It's the truth. You're taking that child and you're teaching that child either to love God or to love Satan. And by the way, there's only two, two loves in this world, God or Satan. There's no in-between. A lot of people are, well, I want my child to learn for themselves. Yeah, how's that working out for you? Well, I give my child a lot of room so they can explore who they really are. And now look at what we have in our world. Three-year-olds thinking that they're no longer a boy but a girl. Why? Because we have quit training up our children the way they should go. We've quit giving them the word of God. We've quit forcing it upon our kids. I'm thankful that my mother drugged me when I was a kid. Any of you kids, were were y'all drugged? You know what I mean by that? They drug us to church and drug us to Sunday school and drug us to Wednesday night. I'm thankful that my parents did that for me. Or my mother did that for me. I'm very blessed because of what my mother did. I'm thankful she forced Christianity upon me, if that's what you want to call it. An arrow has to be straight. Listen to what this says in Ephesians 6, 4. It says, fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. How many of you have ever said this to your kid? Because I said so. Anybody? And how many of you children love that saying, right? The moment your parents said, because I said so, you said, well, you know, that's good enough for me. Right? How's that working out? Right? What was? Be honest, kiddos. What is your first thought? Well, maybe don't be honest. Never mind. Keep that to yourself. But think about it for a moment. When your parent looked at you and said, because I said so, our first motivation at that point was not, okay, whatever you say was like, oh, one day, one day I'm going to put you in a home and I'm going to pick it. We get this mindset of, man, don't tell me how it's going to be. Let me figure it out. What your parents are actually doing is keeping you from doing the same stupid stuff they did when they were kids. Be honest, parents. Isn't that a lot of the reason we tell our kids not to do stuff? Because we've been there, done that, and got the T-shirt. Fathers, do not provoke your children to anger, but bring them up in the discipline and instruction of the Lord. Instead of just saying because I said so, which, by the way, should work, but it doesn't. How about taking them back to scripture where it says, oh, by the way, you are to obey your parents. God's word is greater than yours and ours, by the way. Y'all agree with that? So arrows are made straight. Our children are made straight by teaching them the word of God, teaching them the ways of God. So that when they are older, they will not abandon it. They'll come back. And we're to discipline and instruct our children in the ways of God. So that they can fly straight. But then also we see this. Arrows are sharp. They're sharp. They, a lot of filing had to go into this to be this sharp. A lot of work. A lot of detail. And if things began to get a little bit out of, of, of off an edge and, and things began to kind of chip away at it, you got to go back in and clean it up and, and start over sometimes and, and refinish, remake the, the head of this the, where it's sharp and where the business end of this thing is. You want to make sure that it's always sharp. Well, how do we do that with our children? How do we sharpen our children? They're arrows, the Bible says. So how do we, how do, we do that? Proverbs twenty nine seventeen says, correct your son and he will give you comfort. 
he will also delight your soul. Correct your son, and he will give you comfort, and he will also delight your soul. So we've been told already to indoctrinate our children, to teach them, to train them. Next, we're being told to correct our children. A lot of parents are like, well, you know, I don't want to overcorrect because then they'll hate me. If your kid doesn't hate you, you probably are not doing the right job as a parent. I mean, it's just a reality. At some point in your life, if your kids don't look at you and go, I can't stand you telling me I can't do this or I can't do that. They're kids or teenagers. Now, some of you may have perfect children. I, just saying, they may act like their father, you know. I mean, it, it perfect child. Trust me, I know better. Um, correct your son, and he will give you comfort. He will also delight your soul. Correct. When they become dull in how they're acting, take that file and correct them. Take that file and sharpen them. Take that file. And by the way, that file, it's, it's taking away the bad scales. It's taking away the bad stuff and it's sharpening again. Correction's supposed to hurt. Did y'all know that? Do you know why it's supposed to hurt? Because it's supposed to remind us that sin brings pain. Right? That's the purpose of correction, to remind us that sin brings pain. Proverbs thirteen twenty four says, He who withholds his rod hates his son. You hear that part? He who withholds his rod hates his son, but he who loves him disciplines him diligently. I love watching parents because a lot of times they'll have two different discipline skills, especially if you have a reactive and a responder in the same family, right? Anybody in here married that way? One of you is reactive and the other one is you, you try to respond Sometimes that reactive parent, they can have an immediate impact upon that child. And then the responsive parent can come back in and explain why the reactive parent acted like he did (laughs) or she did and how much they love that person and this is why you got what you got. But if you decide, you know what, no, 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 I I am going to absolutely spare the rod, then what's the Bible say you do? says you hate your child but he who loves him disciplines him diligently now again this is not an excuse to beat your child that's just stupid you don't beat your child that's not what the bible says i saw something the other day that reminded me it was on facebook and i kind of laughed and it says i can tell that some of you were not whipped like this y'all remember that anybody get chased by the belt anybody remember those days taken around in circles anyway i said it showed if you weren't but um i'm not saying that those are the way to do that's the way to do things that's not what i'm saying at all what i'm telling you is whenever you think that you can get through to your child by speaking to them only that child will never understand the pain of sin proverbs 29 15 says the rod and a rebuke give wisdom Notice both together. The rod and the rebuke give wisdom, but a child who gets his own way brings shame to his mother. Did you hear that? Let me read this again. 
The rod and a rebuke give wisdom. But a child who gets his own way brings shame to his mother. Let me give some, some, some friendly spiritual advice because I love your children. If your kids have a TikTok, you ought to have a TikTok. If your kids have any sort of social media, you should have the same exact social media platform that they have, and you should be able to see everything that they put out there on social media. No ifs, ands, or buts about it. Because if you think you can trust your child to make good decisions when the whole rest of the world is being stupid, you're the one who has the issue. We are putting our children in danger by thinking that my child, who is out of my loins, can make good decisions as a teenager. When you yourself didn't make good decisions as teenagers. Protect your children. That's one way to protect them, by being able to see what all they put out, what all they do. Protect your children. Love them enough to be in their life. Love them enough to be in their business. Because their business is your business as long as they're in your house. Amen? Teenagers are going, shut up. We have to realize that as we're going to keep our kids sharp, we got to know what they're doing. And you got to be willing to cut away all the stuff that's not supposed to be in their life. Arrows are sent. They're sent out. You don't just make an arrow and as a, as a warrior to look at the arrow. You want the arrow to be straight. You want the arrow to be sharp. Because eventually you're going to send the arrow out. And you're wanting the arrow to do a job. You're wanting the arrow to be able to reach your enemy. And you want to pierce the armor of the enemy. And you want it to do damage and kill the enemy. So everything must be straight. It must be sharp. Everything here must be tight. Every single feather must turn exactly the same as the other feathers. So that everything will spin super fast. And go even faster. Have better control. Because your job as a parent is to not keep your kid, but to send them out. Do y'all like that part? Send them out. Go. Get. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Now, parents, listen to me. Here's where I watch a lot of people struggle when mama or daddy can't let go of the kid that got gone out of the house. The Bible says that you're to get married and you're to leave, you're to, you're to go, you're to get out. Some of you might be saying, you want my kid out of the house. No, God says you're supposed to leave. Says they're supposed to get married and have kiddos, if that's, if that's possible. Some choose. Paul said, hey, listen, if you choose to be by yourself, you choose to be single, then you continue to live a life that pleases God. And there are some people in our church who I'm telling you have never married, but I have watched their life, and they are people who do their best to please God. And it is a blessing to watch those people. I'm not one of those folks. I am very thankful for my wife, but I imagine she would tell you after being married to me for 27, almost 28 years in next month, 
she would say she understands why some people chose to be single the rest of their life. Right? And she just said amen to that if you didn't hear her. She said that yesterday. Out of, okay, thank you, Patty. Um, let me read this again. For this reason, a man shall leave his father and his mother and be joined to his wife, and the two shall become one flesh. Our job is to send these out with the influence of Christ. Not just your influence, but where they're ready to go biblically and do what God called them to do and be a light, be an example, be salt in a very, very dark world. For those of you who don't have a clue what your children are doing because you think your children are old enough, Your children are not being salt and light. Because they don't have to be. There's no checks and balances. Folks, it never failed. It didn't matter what I did. My mother always found out. But part of the reason she always found out is because she cared enough to find out. And my mother stayed in my business because she felt that that was her job as a mother. Some of you are raised by two godly parents. Those two godly parents should know what you're doing. Some of you parents have figured it out. If all the kids come to your house, you kind of got things where you know what your kids are doing at that point. I recently did a service for Mr. Lang out of Belleville, and Glenn, his son, is here this morning with Glenn's family, and both he and his wife had shared with me before he passed away that uh, there was a reason they had their friends over to their house, because they didn't trust Glenn, is what it was, and uh, no, that's not it at all. They wanted to, his wife's going, yeah, it is too, that's why. No, it's because they wanted to know who's here, what's going on, where's the influence at, what's happening in my child's life. And so what a blessing to know that there are people who understand this. They get it. So you've got to send that child out. That's their job. It's to go. But you arrows, listen to me. I'm talking about you teenagers and you children. Listen to me. There's just something that you have to do as an arrow. There's something that you're responsible for as we're sitting here this morning. And it's this. Arrows protect. Arrows protect. They honor the Lord. They honor their parents. Arrows understand why they're being shaped. They understand why this straightness is important. They understand why the sharpness is important. They understand why everything here has to be just right. It is because they represent their parents. They represent the name that was given to them at birth. I'm telling you, I've heard a lot of people say the one thing my parents made sure that I knew was that if I did something wrong, it was the whole family name that they were shaming, not just themselves. Children, listen to me. You're the arrow, but your job is to make sure that your parents' name is protected by the way that you live. 
That's why in Colossians 3.20 it says, Children, obey your parents and everything, for this is pleasing to the Lord. Obey your parents in everything. Everything. In other words, if, if you were to have, uh, I'll give this as, a, as an illustration because nowadays kids and phones just go together. If you were to have your phone taken up right now in church and we were to play here on the screen everything that you have done on that phone in the past year, your parents should be honored for what's been on that phone. You understand why this is so important? As an arrow, you're to protect the name of the one who sent you. You have a job to do. You have something to do, and that, that arrow is going to be sent out. And as it's going, they ought to go, hey, we know who released that arrow. That arrow is going to fly straight because we know who released it. We know how they made that arrow. We know what they did. We know what they taught it. It's going to go out and do its job. But it says in everything. That means when your parents are not around, you're still obeying, you're still honoring them. Ephesians 6, 1 through 3 says, Children, obey your parents and the Lord, for this is right. Honor your father and mother. Which, by the way, is the first commandment with what? Promise. So that it may turn out well for you and that you may live long on the earth. So that it may turn out well for you. Children, listen to me. You're not just living for you. I know the world has told you this is about you. Everything is about you. It's whatever you desire. No, listen. You carry the name that was given to you at birth. And what you do, what choices you make, they either honor your parents or they make your parents look as though they never cared for you. The way you dress, does it honor your parents? Does it say, my parents have taught me how to respect those around me, how to dress modestly, how to respect my elders, how to do things? How we live life lets people know if we truly honor our parents or not. Children, obey your parents in the Lord. Not because you want to do it. Not because they're worthy of it, but because it's the parents that God gave you. Maybe you were raised with parents that didn't really care for you. I know a lot of people in this room who were raised by parents who actually said these words, we wish you were never born. How then do you honor your parents? You pray for them. You seek God on their behalf. And you pray for salvation for those people. But arrows, listen to me. Children, listen to me. Your job is not to decide whether or not you want to honor your parents. Your job is to honor them. Your job is to make even the enemy jealous that their children, their enemy's children have such good There comes a point where as parents we realize we messed up. So go back and confess your mistake, confess your sin, and let your kids know this is where I was wrong. 
lot of us, a lot of us are like, whoa, whoa, what are you talking about? If, if we're wrong, if we were wrong, I don't understand. No, no, you understand. A lot of us made some bad choices when we were parenting. A lot of us did some things we regret. Admit those things. Start pointing your children to Christ. And kids, listen to me. You start honoring your parents. Because next Sunday, we're going to start putting all of y'all stuff up on the 4th of July on your phones next Sunday. A new kind of fireworks. I like it, Jason. But parents, guess what? We ought to be able to do the same thing, correct? See, kids, turnabout's fair play. I I just, I take care of it. Parents do. I guess what I'm trying to tell you this morning is very simple. You and I have been given a precious, precious gift. And if you have a child, you know what I'm talking about. Are you training that child to be dependent upon you the rest of your life? Are you training that child to go out? Because that's the job of the Christian church. To be sent. To go. And to be warriors for Christ. Because one day they're going to have some arrows. And those arrows need to be sent out. Aren't you thankful that God gave us an easy roadmap to follow in raising our kids? It's a lot easier than we think. We just got to follow what God told us to do. Father, I thank you that you love us. <clears throat> Lord, I thank you that you stand with us, stand beside us, go ahead of us, push us when we have to be, pulled when we have to be. But Lord, you are working. You have already done the work. You've made this parenting thing a whole lot easier than what we've done. We've complicated it. Lord, if we would just do the things you've told us to do in Scripture, things would be a whole lot different. Father, teach us today to trust in your parenting map. Even if it makes us uncomfortable as parents, nowhere in Scripture does it say God sent his son so that we might be comfortable. It says that he sent it, that he sent him that we might be saved. And along the way, there's going to be a lot of uncomfortable places. But thank God we've been saved. Lord, help us to teach what is good and godly. We pray this in Jesus' precious name.